uh, take just a minute this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn me, if you would, to Psalm 119. We're looking at the power of the Psalms. Psalm 119. Now, does anybody know anything about this psalm? Can you give me any information about this psalm? Number one, Phil, it is all about the Word of God. Every verse in the psalm references the Scriptures, okay? Uh, now, let me, let me pause. Not only that, every Hebrew letter is uh, divided it up. Uh, so if you see divisions in it, it's by Hebrew letters, the alphabet. Uh, but notice this, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, Okay? So uh, a lot of good things about it. Um, it, it, is a, it is a psalm that, that I think uh, if you were to go through it, you could study a, a long time, this psalm. We're just going to sort of scan it this morning um, uh, as we're going through the power of the psalms. But I want you to notice something uh, this morning about the psalm because in the service, I'll reference not the psalm necessarily, but the subject of the psalm. Uh, as we're going through the message uh, this morning, it's one of the points of Scripture. Uh, uh, but, but I want you to take note <clears throat> that no great Christians without studying God's Word. There are no great Christians without having a clear knowledge of God's Word. Um, if, how many of you are in tech in this room? You have something to do with technology. Uh, technology, okay, IT or whatever. See your hands all over, okay. Bunch of hands, technology. How many of you were in technology or you have been in technology? Let me see your hand all over, okay. All right, uh, that's a great number of people. And if I asked the regular uh, group, uh, class, there'd be a ton of hands. Uh, now, uh, if you didn't know the book behind a particular program, if you hadn't studied that program, if you hadn't looked at it, um, then you cannot master that program. And you cannot know how to use it best. Um, uh, but Scott here, he's a pilot. Do, do you have to do any simulators at all? Okay. And now a simulator is sort of gives you a test of flying the plane without people, right? In case you mess up, nobody gets hurt, right? Okay. Do you have to do that? Have you done that just once in your life? How often do you have to do that? A lot, okay? You want to know why? Because they think it's important that we're on the plane that he knows how to land that plane and fly that plane in all kinds of different weather, in all kinds of different circumstances. Why would not Christians know God's Word well enough to know how to deal with all the incidents in life? How I should handle this, how I should handle that, how to use God's Word. Because understand, this morning in the Sunday morning message, uh, the Word of God, First uh, John chapter 1, uh, the, the John said, you know, he is the Word of God. He was speaking about Jesus Christ himself. John chapter 1, he says, uh, the Word was with us. And so the Word is Jesus Christ. He is the Word of God. Uh, I would much rather have Jesus Christ teach us like the Sermon on the Mount than you have to hear me talk about this God's Word. But we have God's Word right here that all of us can learn from. Now, it's our responsibility to take God's Word and learn it. Now, if you have your Bible, I want you to notice, uh, look at Psalm 119, verse number 1. And I want you to notice this. There are several different words used in the Hebrew text for 
the Scriptures. Notice number one, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the, number one, law of the Lord. So it's considered the law of God. Now, law is something you abide by or you're a lawbreaker. So if you don't know that you can't take a ride on red, then you can be a lawbreaker. If you don't know, how many of you know what a triangle yellow sign stands for? What, anybody know what that means, what it stands for? Okay, a warning, a, a yield, go, go slow, okay? How many of you know what an octagonal red sign stands for? Anybody know? Uh, Bobby? Stop. How do you know that? Well, we have learned that. We've been taught that. Well, if you didn't know that, somebody comes from another country. Um, uh, if you go travel to Africa when we were with Jeremy in Uganda, and we would drive down the road, it was always hard for me to to accept being on the wrong side of the road. Now you're going down the road, oh, oh they're going to hit us. Oh, I forgot we're supposed to be on this side of the road. Well, the God's law doesn't change. It's the same in every country. Principles and their application change, but God's word never changes. Now, notice with me if you would, number two, verse two. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies. So it's a law and it's a testimony. It's a tribute to the Lord. Uh, these are God's testimonies to us. All right? It's important. Uh, uh, my granddaughter just got back off the uh, trip uh, down to Honduras and just had a great time. And she said, I said, what was one of your favorite things about the trip? She said, well, uh, the missionary asked us to give our testimonies. And I didn't know the testimony of a bunch of the other kids on the trip. And she said, it was just encouraging to me to hear their testimonies. Well, this is the testimonies of the Lord. Notice, if you would, number three. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Okay? Uh, the Bible is considered the ways of the Lord, the direction of the Lord. Remember, there are steps, paths, and ways. A way is a direction. Uh, a, a path uh, is a small deviation from that direction, but a step is what the Bible says God takes God's word and gives us our steps. And the Bible says the step of a good man is ordered by the Lord. So God will help us with each step that we take if we rely upon him. But you can't do that without this book. Notice, if you would, number four, uh, verse four. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts. Just another word for law. Notice number five. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Now, statute is a little bit more like a big law, okay? Uh, not necessarily would a statute be uh, yield to those people coming in. How many of you, uh, if you go down, uh, if you're down the street here on Russell Branch Parkway, and you go down, and you go behind the car wash, how many know where the the largest car wash in America is. How many you know where that is? Let me see your hand. How many you know where it is? Okay. All right. Well, you go down and you go behind the car wash. There's a stop sign. You take a left. You go up to that light. It's a weird light. You know why? Because it gives you a green light, but the people coming at you are coming and going left. And, and they don't pay attention. They got a left arrow. You got a green light. They come right in in front of you. And so your idea is, what do I do? You know, do I wait on them? Uh, so if you pull out, sometimes they'll, they'll just keep running going because they got a green light. Well, we got a green light too. It's kind of a weird uh, uh, kind of light. Well, that's not a statute. 
A statute is buckle your seatbelt. A statute is obey the speed limit. A statute is a bigger law, okay? So notice this book is filled with little laws. It's filled with big laws. Notice, if you would, verse number 6. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. Well, we know what a commandment is. It can be big or small. But then notice verse number 7. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. The decisions that you made for me to follow. These are like when the Supreme Court takes a law and uh, gives an explanation of it uh, or gives a determination based upon questions we have. God does that in his word. It's called judgments. Now, I I want you to notice um, he is making a point, the psalmist is, that this book should be an integral part of everybody's life in this room. You cannot walk with the Lord without this being the greatest book in your life. Now, I read from time to time lots of different books and portions of this and portions of that and study here and study there, but this is the book that trumps all others. And if you and I don't spend time in God's Word, we're never going to be close enough to the Lord to be like a Moses or a Daniel. And there's no reason why people in this room can't walk with the Lord except that we don't value his word enough or we don't spend enough time with it. Now, I want you to notice, uh, number one, you can see uh, that there are several different words and, and, and different definitions of words in this book that show us there's big laws, statutes, there's little laws, there's commandments, and then there are judgments that when we have a question, he'll explain it to us uh, through his word, through the Holy Spirit guiding us. Uh, notice, if you would, number two, uh, the Word of God has many uses in Scripture. Uh, it defines sin. Notice, if you would, and it keeps us from sin. Look in verse number, uh, verse number uh, nine. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Now, how many of you consider yourself young in this room? Uh, how many of you consider yourself young in heart in this room? I think I got everybody, okay? All right, now, if that's the case, if you want to know how do I stop from sinning, I would hope that everybody in this room would want to say, I don't want to sin. I want to avoid the commandments of God that he tells me not to do. And I want to do the commandments of God that he tells me to do. I want to speak the truth. How can I do that? Notice verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Heed, paying attention to it, making it important in your life, uh, giving it a priority in your life. Notice if you would, 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Okay, you cannot, you cannot and will never be able to avoid sin unless you put your whole heart into it. I want to avoid sin. Okay, so I got to take heed to God's word. I got to put my whole heart into it. And notice the next one. Verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Lord, I need your guidance to warn me when I start to wander a little bit. How many have ever wandered from right? All of us. Okay, we need the Lord to have the Holy Spirit touch our heart and say, I I, I, I wouldn't go that way. Remember, the Holy Spirit doesn't yell at us. It's a still, quiet voice. Notice, if you would, number 11. Thy word 
have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know what he's saying? Um, <clears throat> Job gives us a great example of lustfulness. In Job 31.1, he said, I have made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maiden? So he said, I'm going to watch where my eyes walk. I made a deal with my eyes. Don't look there. Don't look there. Uh, look from the neck up. Don't look at, uh, you know, we can't control the way some women dress. Uh, uh, they're just very foolish and unwise in the way they dress. It's either too short, too, too tight. And so uh, I made a covenant with my eyes. If you're going to prevent sin, you have to make a covenant with your eyes and your heart. Notice what he says. Not only that, but he says, uh, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I've hidden God's word in my heart that I might know what I'm supposed to do. Thou shalt not steal. I know I'm not supposed to do that. Well, why do people steal? Because they want something somebody else has got and they don't want to work for it. It could be they're hungry. Um, I have a picture on my phone of a young man in Africa uh, that was in one of the churches there, and his wrist is all bandaged up. He doesn't have a wrist. And I, I asked the missionary, how did he get that? Uh, and he said, well, he'd gotten saved, but he had just started to grow, and he was hungry. And he went to the market and started stealing some fruit, and they caught him. So they cut off his hand and said, he's a thief, watching." And I, you can't steal anymore with that hand. Now, that's a pretty terrible penalty for not remembering God's word, thou shalt not steal. So it's important that you and I learn God's word. It's important we hide it in our hearts. How many of you, when you were growing up, your parents don't cross the street without looking both ways? How many of your parents taught you that? Raise your hand. Let me see it. Okay. How many of your parents taught you don't cross the street unless I'm there? Let me see your hand. Anybody like that? Okay. Most of us have been taught to use our noggin to say, look both ways. I, the worst spanking I ever got was because I rode my bike out in the street and didn't look. And so the idea is you memorize in your mind, now when I go to the edge of the curb, because of that correction that I got when I was about six years old, I go to the edge of the curb, my body begins to shake, and my eyes start doing this just to make sure I get it right. Okay, so you want to learn, you want your children to remember, don't cross the street unless you look both ways. Now, you don't have to teach them that, but you're not doing them right if you don't. And God says, I've written it down for you, but I can't make you remember it. So you need to memorize the important things in your life. So Job said, I've made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maiden? Um, you know, when you've got various verses, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay, I, I want to make sure, Lord, uh, that, that I bring my thoughts to you. You memorize God's Word in your weakness. Now, everybody in this room has got different weaknesses. Um, you know, some of us have a weakness to where <clears throat> we don't always tell the truth or we're putting under enough pressure. You want to correct that. Uh, maybe there's some of us in this room, we, we want something somebody else has. We're kind of lust, lustfully, lust, covetous. Uh, then maybe better not to go shopping. There are certain areas we just, I don't want to go do that. I'm not going to put myself in that position. So you begin to memorize God's word on these various things. Maybe somebody here has a temper. 
You know, uh, anger rests in the bosom of fools. I'm going to memorize that verse and remind myself. So you take your weakness and you begin to read the Scriptures and then you hide that verse in your heart so the second you get to the street, don't cross unless you look both ways. Don't cross unless you look both ways. Um, It is so important that you teach your children little principles. Um, uh, When they're small, what do you teach them about the kitchen? How many of you ladies, when your children are small, when you're cooking, what do you teach them about the stove? Somebody tell me. Anybody have anything that you teach your children about the stove? Uh, Right here. It's hot. Okay. So what does that mean? Okay. Do you give a two-year-old, it's hot. What does that mean to them? What did you tell them? Stay away from it. Okay. Did you tell them six feet, five feet, ten feet? What did you tell them? Out of the kitchen, all right? So that's a pretty good one. When you got eight kids, you want to be in the kitchen. You don't want them in there with you anyway, okay? So you, every one of us, we teach certain things. Uh, my brother grabbed a hold of a handle. He thought it looked cool hanging off of the oven and dumped the grease all over him. Boy, I tell you, that was a mess. Uh, he had scars till the day he died from that mistake. Now, my mom was grieved beyond words. She said, I, 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 I didn't tell him not to grab handles on the stove. Um, God has made no mistakes. It's us that make the mistakes of not reading it, of not studying it, of not hiding it in our hearts. And as a result, we grab handles, we touch things too hot, Uh, We get older, and there are certain things we shouldn't have to be taught. Um, I I, I built our first house in Memphis, and it had a little, uh, how many of you know, it's a metal fireplace. It's got the little wires across, you know, kind of metal screen, and it's got a little uh, little dangly thing down from it, uh, like a little brass, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but anyway, you grab that and you slide it closed, okay? Well, uh, the, I, I put too much wo- I, I put too much wood in the fire. It was a wood burning fireplace, and it was really blazing. And so, pop happened, and something popped out, and I got it out, uh, out off the floor and put it back in there. I'm going to close that thing now. Anybody here? What are you laughing about? I see Scott's dad start smiling. Uh, Don too. That is not funny. And so it started popping. And the urgency of the situation caused me not to think. And so I reached up there and grabbed that little brass uh, hang-me-down thing and grabbed it and pulled that thing over. And before I could get my finger off that, my brain was screaming, it's hot, it's hot, it's hot. I wish Jeanette could have been my mom and tell me, don't touch that, don't touch it, don't even get in the room. And I had, for weeks, I had a little circle, a little uh, uh, circles on my hand from grabbing hold of that thing. I learned from then on. But you know, we don't want our children to learn by experience. People say experience is the best teacher. That's a lie. It's the worst teacher. Because you have to commit some, some sin, you have to do something that's wrong, something that could hurt you, and then you learn. If we listen There's safety in the multitude of counselors. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You don't have to learn by experience. How many of you would rather your children learn by testimonies and by your teachings than you would by them learning by experience? All of us would want that. We don't want our kids learning by experience. Experience is a painful teacher. 
And so you'll notice in this passage, he says, memorize God's word. Now, I want you to notice this. Uh, there are some things that uh, the word of God does for us. Number one, it keeps us from sin. And number two, it strengthens us during times of weakness. Look at verse 28. He says this, my soul melteth for heaviness. Something terrible has happened in my life, uh, and, and, it, and it's gotten me heavy, heavy weighted. Okay? Notice if you would, strengthen thou me according to thy word. <clears throat> so it's the strength that gets you over grave disappointments. You need God's word and its strength. Uh, another thing, note, I want you to notice this. Uh, the word of God gives us wisdom and understanding. Uh, notice if you would in verse 98, Psalm 119, 98. Notice this. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies. They are ever with me. Verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers. And so what he's beginning to say is, you know, I, I realize that I, I, if I follow your word, I have much more wisdom than those around me. And if I follow your word, I could even have more wisdom than those that teach me without God's word. Uh, wisdom is the ability to take God's word and apply it to every situation. We want our children to learn the testimonies and the laws and the commandments and the precepts, but we also want them to have the Spirit of God to help them take those words and apply them to this situation. It gives them wisdom. They avoid the burned fingers. They ab avoid getting hit by a car. They avoid the near miss of getting hit by a car. Uh, so notice another one. Look down. He gives us direction. Look at Psalm 119. Look at verse 59. Notice this. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimony. So he said, your, direct, your way is what I want to be like. And he said, I thought on the ways I was going, the direction I was going, and I changed and turned toward where you wanted me to go, your testimonies, the things that you tried to teach me. Look, if you would, verse, at verse number 105. This is one of my favorite verses in Scripture. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So he says, look, uh, it, it, it is a, it, notice if it's a lamp unto my feet so I can see the next step. But isn't it wonderful when you can take the light and see out in front of you a little ways and to see the way you should go? Um, it also helps you see, uh, you know, I go back to going to the, to the barn with my grandfather when I was a kid growing up. and Now, he knew right where the barn was. Uh, and he knew where not to step for the most part. But as we're going up to the barn, it sure was nice to have that light so I could uh, uh, avoid that low spot where the water had run down. And, and I could then look up and I could see the barn. I said, we're going the right direction. Uh, my grandfather didn't need that. You know, as we get older, I, I shouldn't have to have God's word to know I need to please the Lord. I need to have the direction that honors God. I want the right way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path so I can see the right way. Uh, notice uh, another one. Listen to this. It, it's the way of blessing. If you have your Bible, uh, turn to, to Psalm 1. Uh, we've reviewed this psalm. I, I want you to look at it. Psalm 1, and, and notice, I like it 
because it's so clear. Notice, blessed is the man that walketh in the counsel, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth, there it is, in the way of sinners, the way sinners go, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He's going to take what I say as his great joy. I want to do what the Lord tells me to do. Notice the next one, he says this. But his, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and here's a key one. And in his law does he meditate day and night. He thinks about it. Anything you think about a lot is important to you. Anything you think about a lot is important to you. You tell me what you think about most of the time, and I can tell you how spiritual you are. If you think about your work and a car and getting a raise and your 401K, and, and uh, then, uh, you know, you sort of fit the Lord in. Or if you're thinking constantly, how can I be a testimony to that guy down the cubicle? He asked me something, Lord, help me to be able to give a testimony. To him. And you're working on your stuff. You're working hard. And all of a sudden, your boss comes in. I need to have the right spirit. My boss is probably going to ask me to do something more. Um, you be, you, your whole life is about, I want to do the way of the Lord. Notice number three, he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in a season. His leaf also should not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. There's a neighborhood where my wife and I are, are getting our house built and, and uh, they planted some new trees. And it's been really hot, as you know, this week. And they've gone out there and they got a hose. They, I mean, just saw they planted some new sod out here. Well, they planted the sod, and that day they're here with the water truck, watering it down. Now, the Lord watered it for them last night, but they watered it, man. I mean, they were watering it. He just took every square of that sod and watered it. But I've seen where they planted trees out where we are going to live that they didn't do that, and the leaves are withered. It, you don't know if it's in dormancy or if it's going to come back or not. There's a lot of Christians that have withered leaves. They're not happy. Things have burdened them down. The joy is gone. Blessed is the man. Notice here, he says, take your Bible and turn to Joshua 1.8. Uh, Joshua 1.8. It is a great verse for all of us. Joshua judges Joshua 1.8. And it sort of encapsulates, encapsulates everything that we would look at here. And I want you to see this. We'll kind of glance at this verse. Notice Moses speaking to Joshua. And notice this. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart, depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That's why you meditate on something, so that you can work at doing it. Anything you meditate about, uh, I want to cook that, uh, that, that chili the right way. I think about it. I remember um, about four or five years ago, I wanted to uh, fix a chili that, um, that didn't have salt in it, uh, that, that uh, tasted good, and most things don't taste good without salt. And then, you know, something that I liked and something that was good for me. And so, 
you know, I, I went and asked somebody, hey, what kind of chilies for this? And I got their ideas. And then, of course, I went online. Uh, and I looked at what they said. They gave me a, a sort of a beginning point. And then I went to Walmart and I looked at every good thing that was there. I mean, uh, oh, I had, uh, uh, I looked at it and I saw tomatoes. And then I saw, uh, I saw mushrooms and I saw uh, chicken, uh, you know, uh, what was it, that rotisserie chicken. And so I, start, I got some of all that stuff and put that in there. And then I got um, like, uh, you know, you can buy a can of no salt uh, 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 tomatoes, tomato whatever, puree or paste or whatever. I found no salt beans and no salt this and no salt that. And so I went and took that in there and poured that stuff in there. And I got my crock pot just belly up. And I had that, that chicken that said, uh, a cup of chicken in it. Well, I took the whole chicken and put it all in it. I wanted lots of chicken meat. And I loved it, okay? Now, that's just me. But I thought about that, and I thought about that, and I thought about that. And then we had a big day out here with chili for everybody. Now, it's called, it's chicken chili. And so, you know, eventually I ended up putting some jalapenos in there and, and kind of spiced it up. And so I brought... And, and Miller Brothers, we all had a big chili day out for all the workers before all this was finished. And we had chili out there. And I had my pot of chicken chili, jalapenos, and no salt in it. Well, you know, as little as I can get. Did you know that pot was all gone? And the other pots had a little bit in them. But they just had a recipe. They didn't think about much. They just threw it in there. But, man, I spent time and effort. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying, you know, when you think about something, you're going to do a better job of it. And so you have to meditate on it. Notice what he says. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now, I had a recipe as the backbone, and I went with that. But then I thought about, wow, mushrooms will make it good. Mushrooms make everything better. Uh, and then, and you know, and not only that, I mean, I mean, jalapenos, oh, man, they make eggs better. I mean, they make almost everything better. Not pancakes, but everything other than that pretty well. Um, I couldn't figure out how to put peanut butter in it. That would have topped it off, but I left the peanut butter out. But it was wonderful. I enjoyed it very much. And I look at this passage right here, and I says, uh, observe all that is written therein. So you have to be specific and make sure you don't leave something out of your life. But notice this that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, when you've thought about it and observed it and done it. I'm going to give you two words again. Verse 8, meditate therein. Middle of the verse, or observe to do. So you've thought about it and you've done it. Notice what the result is. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. How many of us want our children to be prosperous and successful. You've got to teach them God's Word. And most of all, teach them to value it above all the books on earth. These are the words of God. I'm going to close with this. Uh, I've got more to go, but uh, you know, I, just, I just want you to uh, take note. Look at Psalm 119, 128. I want you to see this verse. 128, and then we're going to look at 140. Notice 128. Therefore, 
verse 27, 127. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. If you do that, you're not going to believe the earth is 800 billion years old. If you believe this book and everything about it to be right, there's a lot of things the world tries to teach us, like homosexualism is a choice. Yeah, well, it is, but it's not a right choice. It's going to teach you that living outside of marriage is the best way to figure out if you want to be with that person or not. That's a lie of the devil. But you wouldn't know it if you didn't have the foundation of God's Word to say, that's not right. That is right. And love this this book. I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. So folks, today, teach your children to take this as their guide for life and to study it and to read it, to hide it in their their hearts. And I I, I love, if you would, uh, verse number 142, thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. A part of the reason the world is spiraling out of control, one time this is okay, one time this is not okay. One time this is right, one time this is not right, is because they do not consider God's Word to be the truth. And if we do, we have an anchor for our soul for all eternity. Don't miss that. Teach it to your children. Believe it yourself. And God will bless you and make you wildly successful. And you wonder why? Because God backs his word. And we want that to be successful. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I I pray you'd help all of us to treasure it more. And I thank you again for your goodness. In your name we pray. Amen. I'll close with this. I know everybody's done. I've finished up. My time's gone. But I just got to tell you this story. I'm teaching a new beginnings class, you know, for people that have recently gotten saved and people that are new to our church. And, and uh, it, it's Sunday afternoon at 4.30, and, and uh, I give them all Bibles. Matter of fact, I give them my Bible. That's a $70 Bible. It's beautiful, soft. But I want them to realize this is a treasure. So I gave this uh, lady a Bible. Well, I visited with her yesterday and her husband. And uh, her husband came up to me. Wednesday night, and said, Pastor, I just want you to know something. He said, I looked over, and I saw my wife, and she was just doing this. Wow. And he said to her, I said, Honey, something wrong? No. Just didn't. Wow. He said, have, have you never had a Bible? She said, this is my first one. You and I have a great responsibility. How many of you got more than one Bible at your house? Raise your hand. And she got her first. So we have a lot of work to do, but we want to teach people to esteem his word more than anything else in life. Well, you're dismissed this morning. Thank you for coming.